Hello, everyone. Welcome to the WW3 podcast. My name is Will, and for this podcast, an episode will come out every weekend and we'll have a different subject. Those subjects will range from my personal life, sports, college, and other topics that I feel all the audience may enjoy. Now, before we get into today's topic, which I think is actually a really interesting topic, I think, um, well, I, I do have to preface one little thing. I know. Uh, there, there have been a couple weekends recently where I didn't upload an episode, and part of that is because schoolwork and finals, and kind of had to, you know, get down onto those, like really hunker down on those to finish out, and that's now done. I've graduated and really have a lot of free time, so I should be able to crank out a lot of episodes for the podcast. So for today's episode, I realized, you know. Yeah, I was kind of debating what I wanted to do for this weekend, and then there was a video I watched this morning that kind of really inspired this. So um, there's a YouTube channel I watch called called Dead Meat, which talks a lot about horror films and does kind of a um, does a kill count for horror films. So if you don't want to watch it but want to kind of learn some stuff like behind the scenes and uh, some some cool interesting facts about these, then um, you watch them. The, that channel does that, and along with it, um, he, he's kind of revamping a series where he had only had one video from two years ago where it's called, What's Your Favorite Scary Movie? And so he did this with a YouTuber that I watched, another YouTuber that I watched called Matt Pat. He, he's done the film theory, and we might dip into him for an episode, um, like not actually talk to him, but into that channel. But so they were talking about, you know, Matt Pat's favorite uh, horror film, and they brought up that his favorite horror film is th- the most profitable movie of all time. So, that, so what came to mind was, why not do an episode about some of the most profitable movies of all time? So, the, so that's where the idea for this episode came from. And so I, I did some research. I went online. I had to do some, some calculations here based off of a couple things. So I have the 20 most uh, profitable movies of coming from online, a list here, and it's coming, um, and this list came from September of 2019, so obviously there's probably some different movies here, but this is the most recent one I could actually find, um, so it's, uh, so this might not be completely accurate, but these are still some of the most profitable profitable movies of all time. I got 20, and so what I have here, I have their budgets, I have their um, profits, and I have their ROI, which is return on investment. I also include the year that they were released and the genre, so you can kind of see the breakdown of how uh, of the genre of movies and how profitable some, some of them can be. And so um, there's a whole lot of... Um, of one genre while there's kind of all these other genres are kind of just in there. Right. So, um, and I'll kind of give a little, I'll try to talk as much as I can about some of these movies as well. Um, just what I know about it and, um, all that there's 20 movies. Um, so I'm not going to talk too much about these movies, but it's still a very interesting list. All right. And we're going to go from 20 to one. So least, out of these 20 least profitable to the most profitable. And this is based off of ROI and kind of when, when they're in theaters. So, um, 
that that's really what this list was based off of. All right, so let's get right into it. Number 20 was Black Swan. Now, Black Swan had a budget of $13 million. The profit that it made was $316,790,117. And the return on investment here was about, was 230, uh, 200, uh, 2,336% here. Um, And Black Swan was released in 2010 and is categorized as a drama slash thriller. So I've never seen Black Swan, but what I do know is that um, it's kind of it is about a ballerina and um, and kind of going through hardships in her professional life, and um, it, this this movie to me doesn't really appeal uh, to my senses. But it's as I said, this is this according to this list of twenty most profitable uh, movie here. And what's interesting about this is that you have Natalie Portman. And you have uh, Mila Kunis in this, so there is some star power there, which is very interesting. And um, that's really all I know about Black Swan. But it's pretty impressive to see something with, especially with that kind of story, to be some of the mo- one of the bo- most profitable movies here. Um, so Black Swan at twenty. So number nineteen um, is Fault in Our Stars. Now Fault in Our Stars, that budget was twelve million dollars. The profit that this movie made was $295,166,834. Um, so, a pretty good profit. The return on investment here was 2458% here. Now, this movie was released in 2014, Drama and Romance. Now, this one's a little bit more recent, so I know a little bit more about this. So this is based off a John Green novel called The Fault in Our Stars. Um, and I don't know, you know, how accurate or how straight on the movie stayed to the book. Now, when you, um, but this movie itself is a very, uh, when you look at pretty much the synopsis, it's pretty interesting. But when you're talking to my demographic, you know, male, you know, in college, they're not going to go see it. And it's not enticing to me, right? But um, it's still got a pretty good story and so essentially what this is it's their two teenagers that are cancer patients they meet up they end up falling in love and um you know they they're looking to go search for a dutch author and um you know that was the synopsis that i found on this movie from from the website that i got this list and along with it they have some pretty good um some pretty um some star power in here. Shailene Woodley stars in this. Ansel Elgort and Nat Wolf. Um, so some pretty, um, pro- uh, not super prominent, but some pretty good stars in fault um, in the fallen our stars. No pun intended there. But besides that, that's really all I know about this movie. Um, so I can't really dwell on this one too much. But we got a lot of other, uh, a couple others here that I that I know about. All right. So the eighteenth. Um, number 18 on this list was The King's Speech. This budget here was $15 million. Um, the profit that it made was $399,211,549. The ROI here was 2,600% uh, or 26 
or 2,600%, uh, however you want to say that. And uh, this was actually released in 2010. Um, and the genre we have, I have for here is history and biography. Um, I really, um, Colin Firth, I believe, stars in this movie. And the synopsis that I saw here, and keep in mind, this is another movie I have not seen, one I don't know much about. So all I know really is Colin Firth and the synopsis I have here, which is that the movie focuses on the king as he battles his stammering problem with the help of his wife and therapist. England needs a valiant king during World War II and George V.I., which I believe is the sixth, um, is ready to do anything to provide them with just that. So that's really all I have about the king's speech. Um, but it does seem like a pretty interesting one. I think that could be one I would want to maybe want to watch sometime in the future, maybe not too long in the future, based off of what we have here. So there we go. That was number 18. Number 17, Young Frankenstein makes the list here. Budget $2.8 million. Um, the profit that it makes here is $86 um, million um, The ROI, the return on investment for this movie was $3,081. And this was, this was released in 1974 and was a comedy. So Young Frankenstein... Uh, again, this is another movie I haven't seen. That's going to be uh, the case for a lot of these, actually. Um, but there are some I have seen and know a good, uh, know some about. So just getting right into the synopsis for Young Frankenstein. And this is the last one I really had a synopsis for because um, these other ones, I just you know really kind of wanted to get through um, a lot of the numbers and kind of talk about what I know. Um, and... But I also do have the website up here, so I, I will be able to go through um, a lot of the, go back through some of the, um, some of the sibnasi um, here. So here we go. Uh, but Young Frankenstein. So this continues the story of Dr. Frankenstein as he inherits his grandmother's house where he finds numerous documents of his grandfather's scientific experiments. Um, and really, you know, so really what this does is it just kind of, let's see, and he's, well, and it continues to go, unable to keep a grip on his curiosity, Frankenstein starts reworking on his grandfather's experiments as well. Now this actually... When I was looking at this, there was one person that I did recognize in the picture from from this film, and it's Gene Wilder, the guy who played Willy Wonka in the original uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Um, and that's really all I know about this movie. Um, but, oh, hold up. It's also directed by Mel Brooks. Um, so it is, um, that's really all I know there. So moving on to 16. So number 16 is the movie God's Not Dead. Uh, the budget here was only $2 million. Uh, the profit it made, though, was $62,667,874. So the ROI that this movie had 
was um, three um, 3,033%, but this was released in 2014, um, and it's categorized as a drama. Again, this is not a lot. This is another movie I have not seen. Um, so there's kind of a, a trend here with the first couple films here. Um, and this is what the, um, the website, this Cinemaholic, says. Uh, the synopsis of the movie. The story of God's Not Dead focuses on the conflict between an atheist professor and one of his students as the former asks the latter to sign a declaration saying God does not exist. Uh, so with this really dwelling on a lot of, really dwelling on religion a lot, this is one I probably won't end up seeing just because it doesn't really kind of appeal to me. I don't want to get into a lot of that stuff anyway. Um, I want to see some fun, cool, like interesting stuff. So like Young Frankenstein or King's Speech, I think would be good. This is one I probably wouldn't watch based off, this, based off of this. But let's go on to number 15. Number 15 is interesting here because it is Peter Pan. Yes, the animated Peter Pan by Disney. So the budget here was $4 million. Um, the profit it made was $140 million. $240,651. So the, the, that ROI, Peter Pan's ROI, is, um, stands at 3,506%. And this was released in 1953, and it's animated. So, of course, what we know is that this, is, this comes from um, Disney. Um, Walt was still alive at this time, and... Um, Peter Pan essentially, what this says is Peter Pan tells the story of Wendy and her brothers as they follow the um, the title character into his magic land, but their joy um, evaporates when Captain Hook starts executing his malicious plots. So it's interesting to really see this this movie here. Um, you would think there might be some other other movies, but again, it's it, yeah other Disney movies, but it, it's. Really hard to do that when you got some other films that have low, like low budgets. You think about this. Peter Pan, as of now, um, is below. It, like their budget was above God's Not Dead in Young in Young Frankenstein, and of course, you know, with more recent Black Swan, Fault in Our Stars, King's Speech, they're up in the double digit millions. Um, but it's still interesting to kind of see an animated movie here. Not many people think an animated movie could be a profitable movie. But here we are, and again, um, this is kind of a well-known story um, as well. There have been books, there have been uh, plays, there have been you know live performances of it, and it's interesting to see um, that this actually makes it on the list. So moving on to this next one, and you can start to see a trend with this at number 14, Annabelle. So Annabelle had a budget of $6.5 million dollars. The profit that this movie made um, was $250,373,813. This was a movie I had to calculate the ROI on with a couple others so far. And this ROI was 3,751% uh, here. And this was released in 2014 in a horror film. So this is where you're going to start to see a lot of the uh, horror a lot of horror movies start coming up. Um, and d just to ha 
heads up here, we got a whole lot more horror films to come up. Um, and there's one that some people may categorize as a horror, but I have as a thriller on here. So it does a heads up. But the, and this is, again, Annabelle, uh, this not a movie I've seen. I'm really not a fan of horror. Really kind of the only horror film I've really seen is It, like the most recent It, um, It Chapter 1 from my, so I think like 2017, then It Chapter 2, which came out, I believe, just last year. So uh, those are really the only ones I've seen. This one is definitely one I would not want to see. But this is what the website says. The story of Annabelle belongs to the Conjuring universe and focuses on the evil doll, which is let loose on the couple John and Mia by two Satan worshippers. How the evil spirit lurking inside the doll haunts the leading characters becomes the central narrative of the story. Um, sounds creepy. One, that's definitely a horror movie I would not see, but that's number 14. Moving on to number 13. Um, get out. So, uh, get out the, uh, budget $4.5 million. The profit that this made was 247, uh, 1,695,000, oh, 247,695,000, my bad, and a hundred, um, and $162. Um, so a big, big, big profit make there and the ROI was again another one I had to calculate and the ROI jumps from about 3000% from Annabelle to 5404%. Get Out came out in 2017 and was a horror film. So the cool thing about Get Out is that Peel from um Keen Peel this was his directorial debut. And so this is um, and this was, and some of these, let's see, um, like this was actually included on the channel that I was t- talked about earlier in Dead Meat. They, he, he does a kill count on this movie and it looks like a really interesting movie and it attacks, um, kind of some interesting political issues as well, which is a very interesting take on a horror movie. So, um, this is, this is really kind of a cool way to see him enter the really enter the directorial side of things and start um, making a really good movie. Um, from And a lot of people really liked it, which was really, really weird. Because uh, I don't... And really said this was one of the better made films of, the, of that year. Um, so the synopsis of Get Out is um, the film's central character is an African, African-American man called Chris who meets his girlfriend's family at their home. Though the family appears normal at first, Chris soon understands he is in deep trouble, which you can kind of figure out what um, what the case is there with, you know, what I said earlier with political issues. But still, for, for a horror movie and somebody to really kind of start in film and really get a whole lot of praise, especially nowadays, it's really, really uh, cool to kind of see that go Um Really well, not only that, but this is a well-known comedian as well. So he goes horror, and bam, you see that he kind of makes an instant impact there. All right, moving on to number 12, which was Paranormal Activity 2. So here, the the budget for uh, Paranormal Activity 2 was $3 million. 
the profit it made was $174,512,032. So the ROI here actually shoots up to $5,817% for Paranormal Activity 2. This was actually released in 2010 and... is a horror film. So we have three back to uh, three three back to back horror films, Annabelle, Get Out, and Paranormal Activity. So you can see where this is going. A lot of horror films really being some of the most profitable movies of all time. Uh, Paranormal Activity. This is um, this is what this says. It's a found footage horror movie and is part of an immensely popular series that has spawned six films till date. Um, I didn't realize there were six films. I knew they've made a lot. Uh, the film centers around a family home where the uh, patriarch installs CCTV camera after a burglary attempt. But the video, which gets captured, indicates that there's an invisible presence in the house. Um, so it's interesting to kind of see something like this. And as we go moving, as we'll move along, you'll kind of see that there are other films like this, other found for found footage. Um, and, uh, other found footage films here that, uh, really kind of set the tone for the horror, horror, um, genre, which I've, I've learned really kind of changed that whole genre within itself based off of that dead meat video I watched. But, uh, that is paranormal activity too. And then we go to number 11 and you can categorize, we'll go about this later, but it's Jaws. So Jaws had a $7 million budget. The profit that this made was $400,653,000. And the ROI coming back on this was 5,714%. So nice return on investment here for uh, Mr. Spielberg um, on this one. And, uh, this is categorized, well, released in 75, um, 1975, and it's categorized as a thriller, but I think there are some, uh, I, I've heard this on, I, I think through uh, a good amount of arguments that, is this a thriller, is this a, a horror movie? I think it could be, be a mix of both. It is a thriller, and I would say also horror. This does kind of terrify people from not going into the ocean. It's one of those movies where it could really, if you've never been in the ocean, it could really scare you to going in. Uh, but if you've been, you can be like, well, this isn't, you know, the way that it is. And for it being at the made at, you know, at the time that it was, you know, um, but y- you can argue that. And obviously this is kind of um, the story of Jaws, if you haven't seen it, but um, it's pretty kind of self-explanatory, um, but if you have seen it, you kind of understand it. But again, we've been giving this hypnosis here. So the story of Jaws is centered around a quiet island called Amity, where the inhabitants are being terrorized by a massive shark. Now, Jaws, um, Jaws, I know for sure um, has really kind of been—I wouldn't say spoofed, but there have been a lot of it has uh, pop culture has really kind of done a lot of um, stuff kind of based off of it. There's, there have been like the Simpsons, I think have done like a mock of the, of the poster and a lot of people, you know, it, it pops up in a lot of shows, maybe some spoofs, maybe some 
um, some stuff about that. But there's all, it's also sparked a, a ride within itself. Um, Universal, uh, the Universal Park down in Florida had a had a Jaws ride within itself. I don't know if California did, if the Universal in California did, but then the the ride would eventually close in Florida and in California there there is a backlot tour ride and Jaws is a part of it. So and there is a, a huge following of this movie, which makes it um, a whole lot more, imp- uh, which makes it a little bit more profitable as well. But I think um, Jaws is just kind of one of those classic ones that you could say this is probably the first horror thriller that, that I really watched. So that's Jaws at 11. So number 10, um, this one's an interesting interesting movie. This is one I haven't seen. Paranormal Activity 2 I haven't seen. Get Out I hadn't seen. Jaws I had. But number 10 I haven't, and this is Unfriended. So this movie is, uh, their budget was $1 million. Oh, did I not go? Oh, no, I did go through Jaws' numbers, right? So Unfriended um, budget $1 million. Profit that Unfriended had was $63 million. $56,643. Now, the ROI here was 6,305%. So, uh, pretty pretty impressive. 2014 was the release year. And, again, another horror film. Now, you can really kind of see the trend coming up now. We're in the top 10 uh, we're in the top half here, and uh, we've had a whole lot of horror films um, going from 14, 14 13, uh, 12. You can count 11 as well if you want to. So that's kind of, you could say, five in a row. Um, but Unfriended, I've seen this again. This was another film that was covered on the kill count. This is actually an interesting an interesting film. It kind of really kind of comes up to the times that, uh, that are. So it's... Um, so it really kind of includes a lot of the technology that we have nowadays. So um, the the synopsis of Unfriended, which is a movie I hadn't haven't seen again, a horror film I haven't seen, but um, the film tells the story of six friends who get the shock of their lives when each of them receives a message from one of their dead friends. So then you know, with it being horror and kind of knowing what what this. What that genre entails, you can kind of guess where it goes from there, um, and uh, so that's really all I know about Unfriended. But it is a really interestingly filmed uh, movie. If you go and watch it, you can see it's kind of like a FaceTime-ish, Skype-ish kind of movie. Um, you don't really have a lot of outside of the technology, um, the kind of face cam uh, shots. Um, again, this is kind of going off of the the uh, channel that I watch in, in Dead Meat, but it's still a it's it's a really interesting shot movie from what I've seen, and um, a, a cool way to kind of incorporate how times are now with uh, with some horror. So that was Unfriended. So number nine is Insidious. Um, the budget here was uh, only one point five million dollars. Um, the profit that Insidious made was $95,509,150. Uh, uh, 
the ROI here was 6,367%. Insidious was relieved in 2011. And what do you know? Another horror movie. So it's interesting to see a couple horror movies in a row. And this shows that they they don't get a, sometimes they don't get a lot of budget, um, and they just get knocked out of the park because there's a huge horror film following. Um, this is yet another one I haven't seen. Um, uh, but what I see here is that the film was. Uh, this is also the film that James Wan directed before 2013's The Conjuring. Um, so another kind of well-known horror film, but this. Um, Here's the synopsis. The story of the film goes something like this. When a family of three shifts to a new house, the young son falls into a coma after seeing something in the attic. What follows is a ride through the world of uh, malevolent ghosts and spirits. Uh, And this is, again, something I haven't seen, really haven't heard anything about. Um, So I can't really go into much, much else about Insidious, but... Moving on to number eight. This one I do know a good amount about. Uh, number eight is Greece. Uh, budget was $6 million. Um, the profit for that Greece made was um, $388,955,600. Um, the ROI for Greece here, the return on investment was 6482 Um it was released in oh Insidious was released in 2011 by the way, um, but Greece was released in 1978 and is con- and is obviously considered a musical. Um, and this says that this really c- catapulted John Travolta to stardom. Um, and I I saw this when I was a little bit younger, but it was probably. Um, it was probably one of the first musical movies I'd a- actually ever seen. Um, the story that wasn't necessarily a kid movie. Um, the story of now the story of Greece is set in 1959. It's centered around Danny Zuko, a greaser, and his love with Australian Sandy Olsen. They meet during a vacation and start a romantic affair. Hardly do they know they'll be studying in the same school once the vacation is over. Now, Greece, um, obviously, you know, end up being a bit you know, Broadway, um, like turns up into Broadway and, you know, really kind of an interesting, uh, really an interesting movie. You know, there's a lot of laughing points at it and, um, all that, but Greece within itself was, um, and we've seen that, uh, Fox, you know, it's gone to, you know, one of those, the, the trend of Broadway shows being performed live on like Fox or NBC. But, um, you know, I, I don't want to speak too much on Greece because there, there's really not much you can talk about. You can talk about the music. You can talk about, you know, we talked about John Travolta being kind of catapulted to stardom. Um, Olivia Newton-John catapulted to stardom as well from this. Um, but there's really nothing else to talk about. I think this is probably one of the most well-known movies of of its genre. So, moving on to number seven, and I'm sure a lot of you have been waiting to hear Star Wars, and it is Star Wars A New Hope. Um, this budget was $11 million. Uh, the profit here was 
764,000 million, my bad, 764,398,007 dollars. Uh, the ROI for Star Wars A New Hope, six, uh, 6,949%. This one was released in 1977. This is considered action slash adventure film. Um, and I, I will admit, I haven't seen all the Star Wars movies. Um, this I've seen some of the crappy pre- prequels. I've seen, uh, obviously, I think all the new ones that have come out. But I haven't seen any of the original trilogy in full, at least. Um, but what I do know is the, oh, this is the fourth episode, so um, this would be the second of the of the original trilogy here. Um, and it really kind of it, this says it completely changed the scenario of popular sci-fi films. Um, and obviously, it would. You know, Star Wars had a huge, huge cult-esque following and um really really still does you know a lot of people cosplay as a lot of those people Han Solo Chewbacca Luke Skywalker and you get a lot of that and obviously you know their stories are starting around this point and so the story of this of this episode of Star Wars or fourth episode of Star Wars um centers around the journey that Luke Skywalker and Han Solo take to release Princess Leia from uh, the captivity of Darth Vader. Um and you know obviously George Lucas was a part of these and this would essentially give him the formula for making money the rest of his life. You know obviously there's you know this the original trilogy would spark a pre uh, a second trilogy of prequels and then you have a third trilogy of um of sequels coming up from that, um, coming after those movies. So it's really kind of an interesting, um, look here for, for star Wars and only really being at number seven. And, um, but still now, if you're talking outside of just, um, I would say, uh, just outside of the, the release, just being in theaters, if you're going based off of merchandise and probably, uh, DVDs and you know what are sometimes VHS. This is prof- probably one the most profitable movie of all time, just based off of merchandise and all that. Um, so, but again, this like I said, but this this right here, this list is strictly kind of going off of their the theater runs. So that was kind of the interesting time here. So moved on to number six. Um, it's called this movie is called The Devil Inside. The budget here was one a million dollars. The profit here a hundred thousand seven hundred uh seven hundred fifty a hundred million seven hundred fifty eight thousand four hundred ninety dollars. Um, the ROI here would be ten would be ten thousand seventy five percent. Um. So huge ROI for this one. And this is another horror film. This is another horror film that I have not seen. So I can't really talk about this. Um, and this, this does say horror films indeed require less money to make, but boast a huge fan following. So you're, you're seeing a lot of um, profitable horror films. Now, the, here's the um, synopsis, and then we'll move on to number five. The film follows a girl called Isabella as she investigates her mother's mental and criminal history. 
Her mother is currently locked up in a mental institution after murdering three people in one night. However, upon deeper investigation, Isabella finds out that her mother's soul is possessed by four evil demons. So, yeah, that's really all I know about that one. So moving on to number five. Number five, Rocky. The budget, just a million dollars. The profit, $224 million, even. And then that means the ROI is um, uh, 22,400%. Damn good ROI for this for this 1975 sport film. Obviously, this is one of the greatest achievements for Sylvester Stallone. And actually, believe it or not, for being such a sports fan and loving a lot of sports movies, this is one I haven't seen. But a lot of people do consider it one of uh, the greatest American sports movies ever made. Um, I do know of Rocky. Um, I have been, you know, I have people have talked about it around me. Um, obviously, there are some very iconic scenes in there, uh, some very iconic lines, and probably one of his greatest roles ever, not just greatest achievement, but one of his greatest roles for Stallone as well. Now, um, getting to the synopsis here, uh, Rocky is the classic story of a boxer nobody knows who rises to the pinnacle and gets to challenge the world heavyweight champion. And then this says, um, the movie has inspired generations of youngsters and continues to do, to do so this every, uh, to this very day. Um, and, the um, it, it won the Academy Award for best for best picture. So Rocky, obviously a huge film. I I would say this is probably one of the um, probably one of the most well known sports movies, if not the most well known. Um, which makes it uh, a very uh, very shocking that a sports movie is so high up. You don't see a lot um, of sports movies really making a lot of money. You know. Um, Blind Side, I don't think, made a lot of money, even though that was a very great story. Um, it, like, McFarland USA was a, was a good movie, pretty good story there, too. Um, but, again, you just don't see a lot of people gravitating towards sports movies, because not everybody is a sports fan. So, interesting to kind of see this movie really high up. Alright, number four is a movie called The Gallows. Um, the numbers here, the budget for this movie was only a hundred K only a hundred thousand. The profit for this 42,864,410. The ROI for the gallows is four, 42,864%. And this was released in 2015. And yet again, we got a horror film. Um, I haven't seen this one. I can't really talk about it too much. So let's get right into this. So this is another found footage film. Um, and they somehow managed to click with some audiences. Um, the, and so, um, the, here's, here we go. Here's the synopsis. The film centers around the performance of a play. In the present day, we see some students trying to stage a play whose production caused a major accident two decades ago. Due to a prop malfunction, one student who was in 
the earlier production dies. As these new students try and restage the play, they somehow understand that anyone among them might not make it to the end of the final performance. It's an inter- it, it seems like an interesting pl- plot. Now, these found footage films, I think, are ones I really wouldn't want to watch because it's, especially with something like this, it could really irk you to think that this stuff is real. And th- I, that's the whole point, to really kind of make you... F- scared of what could happen around you but also their horror f- horror films can go way over the top sometimes too but found footage i think could really i think would really scare me so this is one i definitely would not want to see um with the gallows all right number three paranormal activity so the uh, we had paranormal activity two at number 12 and the original jumps up to number three the budget here, believe it or not, was only fifteen thousand. Um, the profit it made, though, was one hundred ninety-three million three hundred forty thousand um, dollars, and so the ROI was huge here, with one hundred twenty-eight thousand eight hundred ninety-three percent on the return on investment here. Now, the original Paranormal Activity was released in two uh, thousand seven. And obviously, Paranormal Activity is categorized as a horror film. Paranormal Activity, another film I have not seen. But um, what we do know is that this is essentially another found footage film. Um, and we see that th- this there seems to be a bit of a trend. And uh, again, I can't really speak on Paranormal Activity. I mean, there have been some spoofs of this, like a, a lot of these, some of these, like Jaws, uh, Paranormal Activity 2, I think this one as well, they've kind of been thrown into like those scare, like scary movie, scary movie 2, scary movie 3, which is, I think, hilarious. But um, I, I've seen clips, I've never seen those scary movies, but you know, they've kind of been spoofed into that. But um, again, haven't seen it, don't know if I want to, but still did really well. Um, now, the synopsis here. The film centers around the life of a young couple, Katie and Micah, who have installed several cameras into their suburban home. The cameras end up capturing a lot of strange noises and movements, and it is only then that they realize their new house is haunted by a supernatural spirit. And I know a lot of people kind of believe in paranormal activity, like, legitimately, like, I'm not talking about the movie, but like in actual paranormal activity. So this is kind of a good way to kind of, you know, in, in case that into your brains. Um, but you know, and kind of another reason I don't want to watch this movie, but moving on to number two. Now this one's really interesting. This movie is called Tarnation. Um, and here's why it's really interesting. This movie only had a budget of $220. 220 by this is the lowest budget that you will see on this list and probably one of the lowest budgets movie lowest budget movies i've heard of uh the profit that it made obviously it's not the biggest profit this is going kind of a little bit more based off of roi more than anything else so the profit here was five hundred ninety two thousand and fourteen dollars um but the roi was freaking Ridiculous at two hundred sixty nine thousand, uh, two hundred sixty nine thousand nine ninety seven percent. Now this was released in two thousand four and call and it was a documentary. 
I've never heard of this film. Obviously, that means I've never seen this film. So it's really, it, it kind of makes me want to watch this, really see how this really came together. So we'll go to the synopsis and then we'll go to the number one. So the synopsis here, well, it says John Cowett uh, uh, is the director of the film. Jonathan is the first name and the last name is spelled C-A-O-U-E-T-T-E. Um, and he chronicles his own life as he was growing up. We get to see how he grew up in a house where his mother was constantly battling, battling me- mental illness while his father was absent. Then he later came out as gay. And it was another difficult challenge for him and his family. So it's an interesting, interesting film. I don't know if that's. I think it's. It would be a really based off of that. I think it's probably a really tough film to watch, um, and something that a, a lot of people might say, well, not like tough to watch, as in like upsetting, like really like getting people to cry. Um, so I just don't. I really don't feel like crying, but that was number two. Number one, I think, will shock a lot of people. Um, some people are probably guessing, well, maybe it's like a, another Star Wars movie, or maybe it's um, a horror film like well, like It. Well, you're right in the horror, horror thing here. Number one is The Blair Witch Project, and that this is the movie... That that YouTuber Matt Pat chose as his favorite scary movie, and that's why we're doing this. So the Blair Witch Project, the budget that it had was sixty thousand dollars. The profit that it made was two hundred forty-eight million five hundred seventy-three thousand five hundred seventy-nine thousand and ninety-nine dollars, which means the ROI was four hundred fourteen two hundred ninety-eight percent and this is a horror movie and it's another found footage and i was watching this you know they mentioned that this was the most profitable film of all time i was like holy freaking crap this is this is ridiculous i i want to do some more research into this and i decided why not do a podcast episode about this um but blair witch project um they showed some clips from that and it does look really creepy um and some and he, so he, I'll give this synopsis and some interesting facts that I got from that video on Dead Meat. And if you're a huge horror, horror movie fan, you know, I'll plug it again at the end, the channel. Um, so it goes, um, the synopsis, it chronicles the adventures of three students as they explore the backwoods of Maryland. Soon enough, they realize they're being followed by a, a malevolent force. They're horrified and frightened with no place to go. Having lost their way in the jungle, and it's again shot in the uh, found footage format. Um, now, some interesting facts about this is that they really only hired three actors. There's really only three people that uh, are prominent throughout the film. So it, it's kind of like Gravity, um, you know, that really only had. George Clooney and Sandra Bullock, and really only went Sandra Bullock for most of the movie. So it's an it's an interesting kind of way to go. Obviously, it's a horror it's a horror movie. You know what it's like, jump scares, all this. But 
what the production team did to make it a whole lot more um, like to make it seem like it, like the reactions were real from, because these are actually actors. Um, what they, what they did was they actually sent them out essentially camping and they, um, they, they would send somebody out there, like a producer or somebody, somebody from that crew out there to, um, cause there's a, uh, there's a shot, there's a scene in the film where their tent is shaking. And so, um, somebody from the production crew actually went out there, shook it and was wearing like all white, like essentially like a white hoodie. Um, I think they said something along like white hoodie, white hat, like white pants, like, and the whole point of that was, uh, for, for the film was they were supposed to pan and they were supposed to see that they were supposed that, and that was supposed to be the witch, the Blair witch, um, but they actually left it out to kind of in it. These two of uh, the guy who runs Dead Meat and James A. Janice and Matt Pat said this actually really helps the movie because you don't see the monster. And they say, you know, they say that's probably one of the big, biggest ways of really scaring people throughout this film is uh, not showing, you know, the entity here, um, which I think is very, a very interesting fact about this, uh, about this film. And one that makes it kind of intriguing to want to watch. But again, it's one of those found footage films to where it could easily freak me out. And it's one I would probably say if you're going to watch it and you haven't watched it for the, at all, you want to watch it. Watch it in the daylight so you don't get as scared. You know, that that's always my thing is if I'm watching something scary I or like like it, like it chapter two um, or it, watch it in the afternoon, like watch it when when the sun's up, because then you necessarily won't get as scared and you're not as paranoid um right before you're going to sleep so um that's all i have here for this so um let me know what y- y'all want me to uh, cover on other episodes um along with that um i will plug the that other youtube i'll plug that youtube channel here for you it's called dead meat D-E-A-D-M-E-A-T. Um, it covers a lot of horror films. It does kill counts for a lot. It's covered it. It's covered um it's covered Jaws. It's covered the Jaws Jaws series. Um and it's just a, it's getting ready to cover paranormal activity and they've gone through the final destination thing as well. They do that. He's just st- starting back up that one thing, like I said, what's your favorite scary movie? And, uh, it's a really cool channel, it's, but even if you're not really into horror films, it, it kind of, it, it's a good way to kind of watch movies without getting to watch them, essentially, so, um, that's all I have, hit me up on the, uh, socials of Twitter, Facebook, and Insta of, um, of what you guys want to hear, this is, um, yeah, that's really all I have, so I hope y'all have a good weekend.